Ladies and gentlemen, we are live on another episode of The Beer Phase. It's time to roll some beer and drink some dice. The beer phase with your wannabe hosts, Mark Cox, Dice Fucking Cancer, Ryan Smith. If paint were battle points, I'd be best general every time, and Jeff Swan. Softest lists and everything else in the South. gentlemen it's been a long four weeks or three weeks or whatever it's been it's been a really long month i'm sure that ryan will attest as well where is sleep what's that huh right so how is how is uh being a father for the third time been going man it's amazing and it's wonderful and we have found now that the trick to getting her to sleep through the night is to go camping because she'll fall asleep early and she'll stay asleep till like 7 in the morning, especially if it's 52 degrees. Nice. Go figure. So just crank the AC down in your house. <laughs> yeah, that's an option. <laughs> it's an expensive option, but it's an option. Uh, apart so, from that, life's going well. Good. Well, apart from... That I guess we should probably hop into the beer phase. Ryan, what are you drinking? What you drinking out of tonight, brother? I am drinking a Scotch Pike Kilt Lifter from uh, the Pike Brewing up in Seattle. I'm drinking it out of a Fuller's pint glass that I forgot I had. What about you there, Mark? I have got a. Uh... Noble Ray Sex in a Canoe. Nice. I like Noble Ray. Yeah, and it's a uh it's just a light American lager. It's like a four percent. You know, the joke of drinking American beer was it's like having sex in a canoe, it's the closest thing to water. Um <laughs> so yeah, that's they're they're doing a play on that. Um and it's got a mermaid on the can, so I was supposed to show your wife that last night when you guys were coming over because oh, I know nice. she digs that yeah. shit. She loves so, that. I got a six pack of it. I've got some of it left. Um, but it's good. Like it's crisp little beer, and I'm drinking it out of a deep ellum glass because I don't have any noble ray glasses. Uh what about you, Jeff? What are you up to tonight? 
Well, me and the wife just went out to Chimera to get a bite to eat, so I came back with uh, one of their beers that they just finished up for their fifth uh, anniversary. It's called the uh, 5VIJF. It's a uh, pale ale. Uh, it's a it's a barrel aged pale ale, which you don't see super often. Yeah. Um, but it's a seven percent, and it's not super hoppy, so it's uh right up my alley. Uh, it's pretty good. I gave it a four out of five, so pretty pretty good. It's not not my favorite beer they've made, but it's pretty damn good. And I'm drinking that out of none nothing less than my Alamo glass. Excellent. Alamo be coming up, gentlemen. Yes, yeah, a month away, up. man. Oh shit, that's right, it is. <laughs> Speaking of Alamo, right around the corner, you working on anything hobby-wise right now, Mark? Uh, I'm working on getting my Alamo list drafted and submitted, like <laughs> literally right now while we're talking. Uh, like, but no, right. dude, I, I, I'm not going to be able to put paint on anything for the next <sighs> at least five weeks. Um, just so much stuff, going to all the football games and traveling around. And then having a wedding to go to on one of the off weekends, and then having the kid's birthday on the other off weekend, like I, I'm gonna have something going on every weekend. So there's not a whole lot of painting future for me in the distant future, near future, whatever you want to call it. What about you guys? Are y'all y'all painting anything? Anything going on over there? Uh, I have a I have a regiment I'm painting just for Alamo. Uh, because I figured out what I wanted to do for it. So I'm almost halfway done with one of those. I'm painting it pretty much just specifically for Alamo. Because I always like to add you know, a new unit at the minimum. If I'm going to take the same army, I want to have a new unit. So I'm working on a unit of Abyssal Guard. Um, that I've been doing some conversion work on since Mantic doesn't make any. Uh -huh. So mm -hmm. kind of just... Uh, I'm kind of kit bashing like four different things together and putting spears on them and stuff like that. So, I mean, it's not something that they make. So I'm pretty much drilling all their hands and adding spears and got some bigger, cooler demonic shields to put on. So they look a little bit more chunky, but they're basically the lower abyssals that I'm yeah. converting in to make them look like they're kind of veteran lower abyssals. Because that's basically what their stat line is anyway, so... I look forward to seeing it. I've been trying to debate ways to do Abyssal Guard. Yeah, I think I think they look pretty good so far, uh, honestly. So we'll we'll see. Uh, hopefully they'll come together. The idea is that they're going to look like a like a shield wall, and then the front the front guys will have hand weapons and like shorter shorter spears and stuff, and like a fireball in their hand. And then the back rank of guys are going to have like long spears poking through and like stabbing through through the front shield wall would be the idea. So. Sounds good. Yeah. You been working on any hobby stuff, Ryan? Absolutely. I am procrastinating the hell out of the fact that I told myself I was going to make a ton of obstacles <laughs> for Alamo, and I don't want to do it. Um, mm. So I cleaned out my beer closet. Um, I cracked open a bunch of homebrews that were five years old and took a sip and then took another sip and then <laughs> really tried to convince myself I wanted 40 bottles of them, and then I threw them all away. <laughs> <laughs> I had like 300 bottles in the recycler when the trash guy came, so the whole neighborhood knows I'm an outsider. <laughs> right. Everybody it's woke awesome. up. <laughs> um, and then to keep procrastinating, I brewed a beer. 
which I haven't done, I think, since nice. my daughter was born. My yeah, older yeah, daughter been was years, born. years, man. So I've got a Scottish ale in there fermenting. My wife's got a recipe for a winter warmer she's going to do this week. So we're getting the brewery back together. Awesome. Nice. And then to continue procrastinating, I built like 600 or 700 gold worth of Brithonia Dragon Men. And I'm looking at those right now, debating if I want to take the airbrush out and prime them or, or do some spray primer because I feel lazy and don't want to crank up the compressor. So I'm How definitely you... not working on Alamo like I'm supposed to. How are you liking the airbrush, like, realistically so far? Because I just really have had this love-hate idea with getting an airbrush to do some work, but I don't know if there's going to be a way to get around doing it because I'm going to be painting up Dead Zone and Warpath stuff too. I just don't know that there's a good way to get around doing an airbrush with that kind of stuff, you know what I mean? It's, at least my limited use, it works a lot better on bigger models than small. I don't think I could make it work on infantry, apart from, like, really basic base coating. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm running into problems with dry needles. I don't know if I'm over-thinning my paint or under-thinning my paint. Um, but I'll I'll go for two or three minutes, and then my nozzle's clogged, and I've got to take it apart. And I know yeah. there's a learning curve. I know it's going to take me a while to get there, but I look at these guys and go, well, I could just go buy a, a spray primer and not care. Yeah. Especially now that the weather's nice. You know, the advantage to the airbrush is you can do it in any humidity. Mm -hmm. But this week's been so gorgeous, I could go spray prime these with no problem. Um, So the airbrush has a place, but uh, I can't get myself to do it right now. Yeah, I just, I just thought, I don't know that I'm going to, you know what I mean? Like, I just don't want to make that investment, because you got to buy, like, airbrush paints and all It'd that It'd be good for too. terrain, too, though, right? Yeah, you blow through terrain real quick yeah. with them, and I just, yeah, I it's know. It's good for terrain. The problem I ran into is I bought a really, really fine one, and uh -huh. it stinks for terrain, because it's super fine. It's a, uh, an extreme detail uh -oh, brush, so really? I got a medium-sized one, but it, just, it would blow through paint so fast that you know, to prime a piece was taking, to me, what's a massive amount of paint, because I'm really stingy about paint. Mm -hmm. So I've got to get used to that aspect of it as well, where I'm using a lot of paint every time I use it. Yeah, I would think so, because you're not necessarily applying it all to model, too. Yeah, you overspray a ton of it, and then you've got to spray pretty thick to get decent coverage, which, mm -hmm. again, it's a learning curve on figuring out where your trigger actions need to be, and I'm way away from there. But, you know, I'm used to 10 drops of paint being three models, four models. Right. I'll go like through 10 drops of two, paint on yeah. an arm. Yeah. Oh, God, that's insane. Yeah, see, I don't know. That, that, that's pretty crazy because I, I guess I would probably use it for just, like, doing zenital lighting on infantry. You know, you just kind of get your base coat and then you like, a zenital coat, you know, and then maybe, like, a one layer higher. And then you come back and hit your layers on top of it and your edge lighting and stuff, but... Yeah, I've debated playing with that. Um, there's some cool things you can do with Zenithal and then uh, doing washes for your colors. So you do the whole model grayscale. Right. And then you wash it up to wash. get what you want. Yeah. But I just, I haven't had time to do any of that. And I really should be making terrain, but I don't want to. <laughs> do, you, do you need us to bring down some, like, fences and shit? Yeah. Um, I, will I got get a bunch to, of stuff. I'll yeah, get so back I... to you on that. I really want Alamo to have consistent... Like everything's the same size. We've got a bunch of hedges that are ten years old, but yeah. I really well, want to get like some. Well, I like those Hearst yeah, Arts molds. I've got you know, some of those too. Where I've uh -huh. got like the Hearst Arts cobblestone walls and stuff, and like oh, those I've... are pretty quick and easy to do. Like you know, 
I've got the Her Starts molds. I just need to yeah. get my plaster out. I could do that too. Yeah, and you just use like Those a piece of the wall, quick. right? And then you can just put yeah. them together. Like I could do a whole bunch of the barrels because I have like the dungeon set. So you do like the big barrels, and those can be obstacles too. So in uh, well, I just some got laser back from engraved stuff I can do too. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. And I just like I got back from West Coast, which we'll go into in a minute. But I got back from West Coast, and Scott Holcomb had just done like he's been doing a ton of 3D printing lately, and then mm-hmm. he. He made some molds out of his stuff that he 3D printed because the 3D printing takes so long that yeah. he just kind of like made up a couple of this, that, or the other thing, and then he made molds for them. And then so he, because he can pour the resin so quick, you can just bust through a bunch of pieces. So he was just like, yeah, you know, like if you want me to cast you a couple of things, I probably will. But, you know, it's, it's one of those things like he, like, he made enough terrain for like literally all of Alamo. <laughs> like Jeez. he made that much terrain in like three months. Wow! And it was like really high quality, really good looking stuff. So it was, I was, I was like, damn, dude. Like, but he loves it because he's an architect. So mm-hmm. he just loves that shit. He loves it. Yeah, I can get them engraved quickly. It actually takes about twice as long to build them as it does to engrave them. Yeah. But I, I may just that. do a call out and have people come over and make terrain with me. Yeah, I think that's what me and Mark are gonna be sitting here doing for Lone Wolf and uh Chimera Con, so probably in about a month or two. Yeah. So that'll be the next hobby segment for me. So But other than that, I got uh I gotta get started on my forces of nature stuff because there's a bunch of cool new force of nature stuff coming out, and I want to get my army rolling for that. The word is that there's a like the water elementals and stuff are supposed to be coming out in like February or, or March or something like that of next year. So I don't know. I just I just bought a bunch of water elemental stuff to make my water elementals out of. Now I'm just kind of like, uh, maybe I'll wait. <laughs> you know. So, mm. I want to use as many Mantic yeah, models hard. as I can, you know? Sort of doing that, trying to decide if I'm doing Ogres or not, waiting on the Mercia release schedule. Mm-hmm. Yeah, their Ogres are cool. Yeah, they've got some crossbowmen that I'm supposed to be getting about February, but it's kind of close to Lone Wolf to get them all done in time, so... Well, and it's a Kickstarter, so... Yeah, well, they're done and they're being cast right now by their metal casters. I'm just waiting on them to get in. Oh, they're doing it in metal. Yeah. Yeah, that's, I that's the one I'm kind of. I'm kind of skeptical on how these worm riders are going to come out. I already got a, a pre-order in on these Force of Nature worm riders that they have going to be out this month in October sometime. I don't know if you saw those at all. Mm-hmm. They look pretty neat. I think they look pretty good. People were kind of iffy on them, but I don't think that it's the models. I, again, it's one of those... It's that paint job. Really not a great paint job. Yeah. So, I don't think I'm going to spend some time and make them look really badass. So. Sounds good. Yeah. Alright, well... So, uh, how'd West Coast go? Yeah, West Coast. I mean, did we cover what I was doing for West Coast? Yep. I remember. Okay. You were we letting them write a list for you, and then you're just gonna show up and drink beer. Yeah, that's pretty much what happened. So. Uh, okay, yeah. moving on. <laughs> <You're right. laughs> 
so uh west coast uh, was like three or four weeks ago had a great time i was the only out of country or not out of country out of region sorry out of region uh player that came out for it um but it was still fun they ended up with 20 people they were expecting at least 30 but just didn't happen for some reason which was crazy because they have a league out there and their league alone has more than 20 players so it's just like a bunch of people it was a bad weekend for them it was certain people's birthdays it was anniversaries for other people it just like just seemed like nothing really co went, went cohesive timeline it, it seems like that with a lot of areas where they've got an existing kings of war population they're really hesitant to like go to mm-hmm. tournaments for some reason and i don't know where yeah, don't that where that groundhog mentality comes from where they're like afraid to come out out of their yeah. burrows but whatever yeah but i mean like even just their regular players that play every week it's just like even all of them weren't there so it just it was just very inconvenient timing i suppose but it is what it is um so it ended up with ended up with 20 people um it was a good time they still had quite a few pretty good players um mm-hmm. that were there uh there wasn't really anybody that was like hey this is my first tournament you know so um other than that, so I ended up showing up and playing a Trident Realms list that Fred uh, wrote for me, which Fred was running the tournament, if you don't know, um, part of the West Coast Kings podcast. Check that out, West Coast Kings. Uh, but uh, he he wrote up a Trident list for me because everybody's been saying how terrible the Trident Realms are and they're unplayable, you can't win with them, and it's like... They need a revamp, and they're so shitty for da 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 this and that. So I told Fred, I don't really want to check an army. I will bring one if you really want me to, but I'd rather just show up and just have just hand me something. So he handed me a Trident Realm list. Uh, I think I have it because I think I have it here because people are gonna ask me what the list was so i guess i should probably tell you what the list was sorry you're gonna have to give me a second to pull it up here it's okay um, we could just edit the weight out and then yeah, no one true. would know yeah, that's and now not that i've said it you're going to have to it's not are you gonna leave fun, it though. in and they're gonna no, think we didn't I'll do any effort yeah i'm leaving it in i'm gonna leave it in all right so here it is the list is uh a regiment of Naiad heart piercers, so ten shots at piercing one eighteen inches. Uh, River guard troop, uh, no extra great weapons. They're just straight up r- River guard troops. So those are kind of like supposed to emulate like their frogs, right? They have fly, but they're only a six inch fly. So they're supposed to be like hopping frogs, right? Like that's the idea behind them. Um, water elementals. He has two hordes of water elementals. Uh, one of them has the Diadem of Dragonkind, so they'll have a Breath Weapon 10, and the other one has Fire Oil, because they had 5 points left over. Uh, then he did 2 Hordes of Naiad Wormriders, um, 2 Leviathan Banes, which are the War Machines with 2 shots. They're like Bolt Throwers, but with more piercing. Um, a, a Knucker, uh, which pretty much everybody underestimates the Knucker. It's a monster with speed 9 and nimble. 
Um, he hits on fours. Defense is only four. Only six attacks with a 13-15 nerve. For 145 points, he has Ensnare, Nimble, Pathfinder, and Thunderous Charge 3. So he's kind of like... He's kind of like a really quick He's monster. really fucking good. Yeah, he, you'll see. Yeah, I'll go over why he's so awesome and people are really missing the boat on on him. Then he's got a Thule Mythicin, which is basically your, like, caster, but he's not a bitch caster. Like, he can actually kind of fight because he's got five attacks hitting on threes. Um, he has Ensnare, obviously. Uh, and then Crushing One, he's got Surge 7. Um, and the Inspiring Dalsman is always inspiring because for some reason he's not inspiring. Um, and they had Worm Rider Centurion, so it's a Worm Rider hero, and uh, he's defense six because he gets plus one defense. And other than that, he's got on here the Siren, which is the special unique character. The Reverse Wind Blast. Reverse Wind Blast, yeah, pretty much. Um, automatically disorders the target. And she's fucking awesome too. She is fucking awesome too. People just don't know how to use her properly. That's the only downside is people don't know. Um, and then the Trident King. Um, he's less awesome. Um, he's more of a Swiss Army knife. Uh, if you look at him on paper, you're probably not going to take him. But um, he's pretty fun. He's he's another legendary character. Basically, he's a chariot. Um, he speed eight. Um, uh, his melee is only a four because he didn't go to combat school. That was the joke for the weekend. Everybody's like a, <laughs> a living legend that hits on fours. Um, and then uh, his defense is five. He has 12 attacks. He's only a 14-16, which you don't really expect out of like a pretty badass character. right? 14-16, you're thinking it might be more like 15-17 would be more accurate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or like a dash 16, whatever. But he's 220 points, so I feel like he—he he feel like he's overcosted a tiny bit when you look at this, but not not astronomically. Um, so he's got a breath attack 12 with piercing, right? So useful if you're not going to be able to get him into combat. He's not nimble or anything, so you're just going to get the one pivot to use it. Um, he's got crushing strength one and thunderous charge one. He's got the ensnare because that's what the thing is for the army even though only 30 percent of the troops have it and he is very inspiring so he's got a little bit bigger leadership bubble i'll go over how i did with the list and i guess i'll talk about like ups and downs on a couple of things and i'm not i'm going to try to not spend a shit ton of time doing it i just want to like explain to people why they're wrong about trident realms and why they should give them a shot rather than just like reading what other people say and then taking it for fact you know so we're gonna be here all night <laughs> no 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 <laughs> i'm getting another beer <laughs> no um so there wasn't really a lot of kill scenario in at west coast which uh you know the first one's pretty much kill but the other ones were variants of what are in the rule book so what the trident realm does pretty well is it does it, it's kind of tricky right it has like a lot of tricks it has a lot of weak um units. finesse board control exactly yep. they 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 have a lot of finesse so what you can do with that army like is you can you have something to deal with everything so there's some situations where like um 
so they were not playing with the Clash of Kings pack, to be clear. So were they playing with the Clash of Kings pack, the Siren becomes even better than she already is. Yep. Um, because her her Siren's Call automatically disorders the unit that you use it on, provided you get a hit, which you should. It's, it's a Siren Song 8, right? So if 8 dice to get a single success on. So, you know, you would be able to drop someone's flying off. That would be obviously very beneficial. Um, but what I found useful about it is the combo. So you can use the... When people aren't seeing it, you can Siren Song. So you can pull a unit up after you've, like, moved a unit of water elementals forward and then pivoted them. And you can just move a unit up that didn't necessarily have a flank visible prior to it. Now you've pulled them forward, and then you can hit them with surge, you know, and surge into the flank, where not a lot of people are going to leave that open, but it will happen. They are if they haven't seen it before. Right, yeah. If they haven't seen it, it's totally doable. Um, another thing is you've got those really annoying units that everybody sees, right? So your ogre shooters, your... Abyssal Dwarf Decimators, your um, Doom Wheel, like the the uh, the Doom Engine and or Phoenix, all those kinds of things that are like that. You can automatically disorder those units, so um, they'll just never be effective in the game. You can pretty much just shut them down. So some people that have like 300 plus points invested in that shooting unit or a horde of shooting anything, you can pretty much just be like, nope, you don't get to play this game, essentially. Um, so I actually was playing against a dwarf player, Mike Riley, at the uh, the last game, and he had a horde of like the dwarf riflemen with like piercing two and the plus one to hit for shooting so he just planning on sitting there and just laying down lead all game long and they never shot once because i just kept on hitting him with siren's call and then same thing for scott holcomb like anytime his decimators were anywhere close to anything i was like cool siren song yep not shooting with him <laughs> like you're your combat dwarves now bitch like you know that's basically what it turns him into so just using it it's a multi-tool. Like people just think that it's like wind blast or something like that that they're never going to use. It's it takes a little bit of tactics to use it, but it's she's very useful. Other than that, the uh, the knucker was probably MVP of the entire weekend. Short of maybe maybe the Trident King too was pretty good, but the knucker for 145 points can be chaff. He can be a monster that goes so quickly around things that he's going to double his attacks and with thunderous charge three and pathfinder and snare like he's awesome like you just have to play for the long game instead of playing like ooh, i've got to shove him into something immediately so you got to force people to deal with him um and that caught that caught people out a lot of times he pretty much got more than his points worth in every single game i played um so i guess the moral of that story is like just because he doesn't look great on paper doesn't mean in in reality he's not good. He's one of the only monsters that actually has a snare on him still. So even at defense four, if you put him in a forest where someone doesn't have Pathfinder or something, or a barricade or something, whatever. If they charge him, they're hitting a minus one, and then they got a snare, it's a minus two. You have a unit that hits on fours normal 
normally they're hitting on sixes. Like, and he's a 13-15 breakpoint. You can pretty much force him into being a tank at that point. So he can stand up for a round or two versus a charge. So that's my food for thought on that part. And then um, the Trident King, although he is a little bit overpointed, like he is really cool to be able to use in so many different ways. So with the list that I was playing, he can be used for comboing breath weapon with the other shooting that you already have in there. So that can be pretty useful. Um, but you you can be running around behind stuff and breath weaponing or get that big leadership bubble for very inspiring, which it's underestimated substantially. Um, you know, you can get behind stuff and then his attacks from go from 12 to 36, you know, <laughs> it's our 32, right? 32. Like, it's insane. Like, he can, he can actually become pretty badass. So, I don't know. Like, he's, he's pretty good for the 220. Um, but I, I think, you know, probably closer to 210 is probably more accurate for his points. But it, that's if you're getting pretty nitpicky about it. But other than that, I would just, I would have just made his break point one higher and then he'd be totally worth his points or making hit on threes or all, all kinds of little things that you could make tweaks to because that him, him being a, um, on a chariot size instead of like a normal 50 by 50 monster. Um, it, it, it's a little harder to use him because he doesn't have pathfinder. Yeah. So it's, it's a little, it's it's a little bit harder to use him properly and justify his points, in my opinion. Um, but other than that, I had a really good time playing the army. I wish that I had the army so I could play it again at Alamo, because I would have just turned in the same list and played it again. That's how much fun I had playing it. So it was really cool to go to a tournament with like literally no investment in the list and no investment in the army or anything like that, and just be like cool, well, you know, I'm just going to show up and play. It was it was genuinely just, I had, I had a great time. So I I only lost one game, um, and it was 11-9, and so it was a really small loss. And then the rest of them I either tied or won. And I ended up, uh, I ended up taking first overall uh, with Trident, which was pretty crazy since everybody said it's not possible. Um, and in case you're wondering, like on just the battle points alone, like just straight up who had the most battle points, I was tied for fourth place for um, the most battle points. So and it wasn't a huge margin between, I think it was like seven or eight points between the person. From who first had, to fourth? Yeah. Gotcha. So, and then they added, like, comp into it when I had, like, the second softest army somehow. Instead of the softest, uh, Q got the softest, and then, because um, they had player-rated comp. And then, um... With the list that he took to buy you? Yeah. Oof, that was not a soft list. That I list know. could be freaking yeah. well, heinous yeah. if it was yeah, it's Yeah, it's, like, literally the same list. Um, yeah, it, it could definitely be good, for sure. I played against some of the hardest comp lists there. Uh, like three of the guys I played all had like top hardest lists. You know what I mean? One of the top five hardest lists. So that was 
that's good for the army I brought to do to do that well. So yeah. uh, my point is, is like if you play them in a and out outside of a vacuum where you're just saying all that matters is kill. Like if all that matters is kill, then they're, they're you're gonna have a hard time winning with them, sure. But um, I just think that if if you look at the game in its whole and you look at the other scenarios, you may not do good in the kill scenario, but you may do good in the kill scenario. Um, and the rest of the stuff, you have the tools to deny people the capability to lock down loot tokens, to lock down, you know, invade and stuff like Like, there's so many ways to use this army and to be really genuinely annoying as hell. Like, people were annoyed at, at how I was using some certain things and combos. Like, they were like, how do people not do that? How do people not use this? And I was like, I don't know. I just I thought it was fun. So, I mean, before you dismiss him, I would I would certainly give him a shot before you just like read what somebody says on a forum because they don't have the capability to play them. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, I don't know. I just I just hate when people say that this list or that army is unplayable because it's cert it's in this in this game I really don't think that there's anything that stands out as unplayable to me. I mean, have you seen anything that? <sighs> jumps out as just not playable to you ever really no i mean and that's the thing is like all the armies are pretty well balanced some of them are, are a little stronger some of them aren't sure you know but i would say stronger i mean stronger and, is maybe not a, the right word but it, like, well no it's a small margin play, like right? i would yeah. i would put like three armies probably as stronger yeah but it's a small margin between that and the middle of the pack i don't really put any of the armies in the in the dead bottom like i don't even think there is a dead bottom if it was you know me conceptually i would venture to say goblins but goblins can put out a lot of range damage so mm -hmm. that that yellow belly yeah. doesn't play in and so i i don't even think they are um just the concept of the army wide yellow belly is is kind of what throws me and i know there's points allowance and everything that gets calculated mm -hmm. into that but yeah, man, I I think all the armies are on par with each other, and then there's probably two or three. They're they're the upper crust, but again, there's there's not a very large strength gap between middle of the pack and those top three. Like it's it's a very slim margin. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think a lot of the problem people have with some armies is they have an idea of how to be good at the game, and they can't see the uses for units. Right, that aren't as open on the surface as to how yeah. do you make it useful. Well, and, yeah. and it was just like me saying, you know, the yellow-bellied thing, I like to play combat, so anything that's going to prevent me from getting into combat, rolling a one on a charge uh, to the front, is is going to set me outside of my gameplay strategy, and it's probably not going to be a good fit for me. I still want to try it at some point, but, you know, like, if you can't wrap your head around the strategy kind of built into the list then you know you're trying to fit a square peg into a round hole and that's where people are having frustrations and problems and going oh this army's terrible it doesn't work at all it's like well it works it's just not working the way that you're playing it mm -hmm. yeah yeah i think that's the thing is like and i and i've had multiple conversations even with very good players and i'm just like hey have you thought about this that or the other thing and they're just like yeah i think i saw that but that's just not how I play or that's not what I like to do it's just a different strategy or you play more aggressive or you play more defensive you know what I mean so I mean, like 
let's say you want to play Trident Realms, but you're trying to force it to be something that it's not, you're going to think it's a terrible army. You know what I mean? Like, you're, you're going to think it's bad because it's not playing into a format that you think it should play into, even though it's not designed to play in that format. You know what I mean? So, I don't know. Like, I, I, thought, I thought that they were fun all weekend long, so I, I would just... I would just tell people give them a, give them a go. Certainly, certainly had a good time. So, um, something. I'm convinced. Are you? Are you immediately convinced? I am. Um, so some of the things that did come up at West Coast, um, sub, a couple of uh, rules questions came up, um, multiple times actually, and I guess I want to just bring it up just so people are playing it right because i made sure that i even i knew i was right on it to begin with but i wanted to 100 percent lock it down before saying it so i was talking to dan and nick the other day and i was like hey i just want you guys to say this so that i can take a screenshot of it every time someone asks me the question and says well who are you and why do you think you're right type of situation so um it got brought up a couple times for the multi-charging. Um, so multi-charging like the same rank, right? So like you have two units that are trying to charge like the front of a horde or what, whatever. Two regiments trying to charge the front of one regiment, right? Um, so your placement on the units does matter, okay? So when you charge, um, so we'll say unit A and unit B are your are your units and your enemy unit's going to be unit C, right? Whatever. Enemy unit. I'll just call it enemy unit for easier. So, it's even in the FAQ if you go and you look at it, it's on the Mantic forum. It's very easy to find. It's not that hard. It's in, it's there's a new FAQ that just got released uh September 20 something. So make sure you're looking at the newest ones when you're looking at that for 2016, not the 2015 ones. Um, so anyway, so let's say you have uh, unit A and unit B. They both want to charge your enemy unit, right? So and the unit B is behind unit A slightly, right? You, They are simultaneous charges. So unit A moves in it's it, and i'll read the faq afterwards like right like word for word so people understand how this works because for some reason they're having a hard time with this you move unit a in you touch and then you slide to whatever you're dividing the unit into because on a combo charge you're supposed to divide everything up you do slide you slide so then unit b which was behind it, would try and make its move. If unit B, at any point, would have to clip unit A, who is already in combat, it can't charge. It has to be able to draw a direct line of sight after its pivot at some point to touch the enemy unit. If that brings you into contact with your unit, you cannot charge. If it brings you to barely touch it, you cannot. If it brings it to where your line of sight isn't directly straightforward and able to touch the unit, you cannot charge. So their point, the point is, if you're planning on doing combo charges, make sure 
that you have the distance between your units and not just stacking them right behind each other within like a millimeter of each other. Like, if, en if the enemy unit comes within an inch of you, you're not going to be able to clear that unit. You're not going to be able to charge with unit A and get enough movement sliding out of it to pivot your unit that's behind him and get into combat. You're going to block your own charges. So it's not just infinitely slide until you feel like it. It's it's very very precise. So and you still have to have your line of sight. So let's say you have a height four monster, right, behind your regiment, and they have a regiment. That height four monster has to be able to after your regiment in front charges in, that regiment has to be able to slide, and then that monster, even though it could see up and over. If it runs into anything on its way, it has to stop. You cannot move through your units on a charge. That's not how it works. So, I will read the FAQ word for word right here so that people understand. And I'll read the line before it. I don't know if you guys are looking at it right now, too. But Alright, so the question. If my charging unit can simply pivot where it is, to make contact but th then either blocking terrain or another unit prevents my unit from aligning with the target can my unit first shuffle and then align no the steps are move align and shuffle so in x warhammer lingo right it comes down to move your unit Close the door is what we used to call it, right? We used to call it close the door. That's what their align means. And then shuffle. And shuffle just means slide your unit to be dividing as evenly as it can possibly be divided between however many units you're charging with. I think that's pretty straightforward. The next part. Another question. When I charge with multiple units at the same target how do I arrange them so that they share the space available as equally as possible answer in in the case of two units each unit should have roughly the same fraction uh, of contact as shown below so it has a picture in the case of more than two units the central units will uh, will of course be in full contact and then you divide the remaining frontage. There is no need to micromanage this to the last millimeter. Just simply place the unit in the rough, at roughly the correct position by the eye. And then they have diagrams down below, blah blah blah. So the, the only time that you're not going to like technically shuffle units, because this, this comes up because people like us who are ex warhammer players are trying way too hard to try and find rules within rules that aren't there i mean have you had that be an issue yet too mark like with people like trying to like make make a rule out of something that's not even really there just looking so hard for it uh not not trying to make a rule but i've had I've had times where where and it's it's a collective thing. It's not like oh, it's right, right, always right. this one person. Right. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes it's both of us. Sure. Where it, you you dredge up like oh yeah, the overrun used to work like this, and be like oh wait wait no hold on, <laughs> let's backtrack. Right. 
the overrun doesn't work like that anymore. Um, stuff like that. I, I haven't had anybody get so in in depth on these these dual charges. Mm-hmm. Um, I had one question about it at Lone Wolf last year, and it was pretty obvious that the person had stacked their their two units together mm-hmm. too much to where it, it couldn't even do the pivot to to make right. that yep. shoot out even mm-hmm. even with the slide. Yep. Um the only thing I don't like about the uh the FAQs where they're like, "Well, don't be too exact with the measurements. It it doesn't have to be that exact." Well, the the problem is depending on It's an exact game, yeah. Yeah, well, how much percentage of shifting and stuff you do, mm-hmm. that that millimeter could cut off that corner for that mm-hmm. that charge or it, or it could leave it open. So I think while the FAQ says don't focus on it too much, I think it's still going to happen mm-hmm. in those cases where it's a really tight little window for that charge to happen or those two charges to happen rather. So uh, it, it's tough. Um, something that, that I think a lot of people get mixed up on is where they say that like share the footprint equally. That's mm-hmm. per, that's like proportion. So if I charge mm-hmm. a horde, and a it's character, off the horde, not your shit. Yeah. Well, no. If I'm charging my horde and a character into another horde, mm-hmm. that character is not going to be fully contacted on the horde no. that he charges into. There's going to be a little sliver of him hanging over, and there's yeah. going to be a little sliver of my horde hanging over, so that they're both sharing like, you know, ninety percent of their base. So my horde's ninety right. percent, and then my character's ninety percent of his twenty millimeter are going to be. Right touching that horde exactly. and that's not the exact measurements i know that but i'm just saying and, that for but people sake have argument. for some reason people think that like share means like oh i gotta take my individual and put him in the middle of the unit that i'm charging and then my regiment is gonna offset no that's not how it works it even has pictures like on the faq for it. it's like the individual is pretty much still gonna hit over there on the side it's just gonna hang in on the side as much as it can. doesn't mean the Well, every, everybody kind of goes in at the angle that they're in at. So right. if you're charging yeah. three things in, a horde, a regiment, right. and, yeah, a, yeah, yeah. and a character, depending yeah. on what order they are, right. yeah, that character may be in the middle or he may be mm-hmm. on one of the corners. It just right, right, kind of depends. Right. Yeah. But this one came up where it was like, so it came up like three or four different times at West Coast, and depending on who the people asked, they got different answers, which... I don't understand because it's like it's pretty clear. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's it's pretty clear. So like a couple of them were like like one of them was like um, Scott was asking, hey, well, you know, if I if I want to do this counter charge or something like that, or I I can't really like just charge and then slide. There's no sliding because when I pivot, I have to slide as much as I can within the pivot. And I was like, no, it actually had the slide there. The only time you don't slide is because you can't slide because of terrain or because of this or because of that. But basically, you pretty much always get a slide. It C- says that. Counter charges are actually kind of different. Um, you you right. actually can teleport on a counter yeah. charge, provided Just there's space to of. do so. Yeah, 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 sort of. Yeah, pretty much. And that's the thing is like that's why counter charges are so um, they they can they're kind of intricate, right? So like, let's say your regiment right got charged by um, a regiment and a horde, right? And and you for some reason you survived. When you counter charge. You have to choose one of those things to counter charge, right? So Correct. 
you're going to charge, and then you're going to slide, provided there's enough room, towards the center of the unit that you charge. Mm -hmm. What that means is if you don't kill that unit that you're charging, you have now given, in most cases, not in all, but in most cases, you've now given the other unit a flank charge, right? Correct. So that's another bonus of kind of like doing a dual charge. You can lock off some stuff, but you're pretty much going to guarantee you're giving away a flank charge. So well, I was I was talking about counter charges in the uh, in the context of let's say I've got a horde, and for right. whatever reason my horde was walking face first into a building. Right. N not that I would ever do that. And then they got charged in the flank by like, you know, another horde right, or something. Right. Mm -hmm. And then I would go, okay, well, I'm countercharging that horde to my flank. Mm -hmm. Well, a a full on ninety degree pivot around the mm -hmm. uh, around the 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 building wouldn't work because I would land on top of it. But I can still countercharge because it's a legal move, and and you can actually like right yeah. you you kind of pick the unit up and then teleport yep. and just slide down as far yep. towards the unit center as you can, provided there's enough space. Correct. On Provide. what would be south of you or, you know, your six o'clock. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, that's the thing, right? Like, if somebody's super douchey about it, they can, like, take a flying unit or an individual, like we've been talking so many times yeah. about. and block your, your countercharge off. Right. Exactly. So you can take an individual and you can just go stack him up there so that, they, that horde's footprint won't be able to I don't think that's necessarily douchey. I just, no, I'm just saying it's a tactic. Yeah, just, it, it I'm is. Saying. I'm just saying. Um it's a little gamey, though. It's a little gamey, but <laughs> it's, you know, it's still totally part of that game. Yeah. So I hope that's informative to some people that have had issues with multi-charging. As long as you're in the same frontage, like you move one unit in, then you just make sure that your next unit can at some point pivot and clear and still make it to touch, and then... You just align that other one, no matter where you touched, you slide it up to the 50% where your other unit was, to where they're touching. That's it. It's It really is that straightforward. They're not trying to do any tricks with it. Now, if you're charging in a flank and a front, two different frontages, then it matters what order you go in. Because, like, let's say you had a horde and it charged the side of a regiment. Well, your horde's going to have to line up. It's got this huge footprint. It's going to have to slide up. You may have just blocked off your charge from your other unit because now it can't clear your horde first. Okay? So a lot of people are going to be pretty chill about you being like, well, I would have, I'd like to charge with my regiment in first. A lot of people would be like, okay, cool. You totally could have done that. But... They don't have to be cool, you know what I mean? I've seen people say, well, you should have moved it in that order, you know? And Plus the same thing is, you know, if you get really ahead of yourself sure. and you, you skip the shooting phase, some mm -hmm. people will let you go back and do it, some people won't. So right. it's the same thing. Just if, yeah. you're, if you're playing clean, you, you generally don't have to do it. Mm -hmm. If you're making it really obvious, like, hey, man, I'm going to be doing this, you know, this turn, and then you get around to it later and you're like, well, you know, I told you I was going to be doing it. Usually, the the more communication you have, the less issues you have of, you know, weird situations where they're like, no, screw you. Mm -hmm. Has any of stuff been coming up in, in the boatloads up in San Antonio, Ryan? I know you just did a primer and everything. I was kind of wondering how everything went with that. 
Nope. Uh, only questions that came up during the primer were scenario-based, and they were uh, part of the reason I was running the primer was to fix issues with the scenarios. We didn't have a single rules question, I don't think, apart from, I think, two that were, well, let's look, what does the book say? Okay, it's right there. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like as... It's, it's as been a, my experience with most things. Is yeah. You go look at the book, and it's yeah. done. I think as a collective like group in the South, like we've got a pretty good grasp on the rules for the game and everybody is able to quickly come up with the rule on it and i just think that like we've been we've been really so immersed in it that you know we're kind of spoiled with just everybody knowing what the right rule is you know what i mean Mm -hmm. but that's not that's not necessarily the same you know like some something happened like months ago where some rules being played wrong up in where was it midwest or something like that yeah when they were talking about not being hindered on coming out of forests or whatever oh as long right as they yeah, didn't sure. land touching the yeah, forest yeah because they were playing flyer rules for cavalry and stuff for regular cavalry and we're like what the fuck <laughs> like we're like man thunder's charge is awesome <laughs> all of a sudden right. yeah i don't know why you guys are always complaining about thunder's charge not being any good i get it all the right. time serious okay. yeah all of a sudden thunder's charge became amazing um yeah but it was that and i've seen some other stuff come up on the facebook uh stuff um the the fanatics and i'm just like this is such a straightforward question like how are these same like it's the same questions all the time too so i don't know i think i think next year by by next year everything will be pretty straightforward so well hopefully. there's you're always going to have new players coming into the game asking right, questions right, right. stuff like yeah. that so yeah yeah but in in general you know i think every, every everything was pretty good for west coast there was a couple of um there was a couple of guys that just been real hesitant about getting into it. Uh, some some of the old LD2 guys, and uh, they walked away feeling pretty good about it. Like like genuinely going to give it a shot. I don't know if a, a couple of them said they were going to sign up for Alamo like that weekend. I know Brian Brown signed up because of it. Uh, Derek Wistwell did as well. Yeah, Derek's the guy I'm talking about pretty much is Derek was you know he went into it with like eh, we'll see how it goes and then he genuinely ended up just having a good time that's awesome so he he went you know he he got finished with it thinking wow this was actually okay it was pretty pretty fun pretty clean and Derek's a really clean player so I I, I think he'll do really good in the format too um, but Brian Brown like hasn't really been playing at all and he kind of came in and saw how much fun everybody was having. Like, just, like, genuinely just, like, he was like, wow, man, like, you know, I've played Warhammer for a long time, but, you know, just seeing how everybody was, like, reacting and just having fun, it made him want to play because he was so sad that he, like, missed out on playing because he had kids sports and then he had his anniversary that weekend, too, so it was, like, terrible timing for him to play. But he came in and, like, hung out for, like, four or five hours, so... Cool. It'd be but, fun to have that guy back. Oh yeah, yeah. And he'll he'll have a good time too. So he he was uh sitting at the table when I was playing Chad Pond and he goes, uh 
he goes, hey, I think I'm going to sign up for Alamo. I was like, you should you should totally do it. And he's like, well, I think I'll sign up tomorrow. I was like, I would sign up right now <laughs> like if I were you because I think that I think we were pretty close to selling. I mean, what are we looking at right now, Ryan, with Alamo, speaking of it? Uh, I had a couple of signups this weekend and a pair of drops. I am at 60 out of 72, so I've got 12 slots open as of okay. Sunday night. Did that whole club still sign up? Um, I'm missing... Colorado was going to sign up a few more than what they have. Um, mm -hmm. We got a couple of California guys in this past weekend. Nice. Yeah, um... Man, I, I when I texted you last night, I I did I really did not know that Devlin was dropping out, so I'm gonna call him out on the podcast and call him a little bitch. Oh, he dropped a while back. I was going to be challenging you, Devlin. Is that why you is that why you dropped out? <laughs> so The challenge was weak, Devlin. You were right to not take it. Dude, <laughs> I didn't get to write a challenge yet. I was just gonna like, hey man, I'm gonna challenge Devlin. You're like, that's gonna be amazing because I'm gonna kick him out of the tournament. <laughs> so yeah. Oh well, I guess I'll just wait for someone to challenge me or we'll see how it works out. Are you doing a comp again this year to where you're gonna like just kinda like comp out some lists and that's gonna be your matchups or uh, I have not decided yet. I'm gonna take a look at lists starting probably tomorrow. And if I'm seeing some pretty clear delineation where there's some really hard ones and some really soft ones, I might do a little bit of comp, but right now I'm not intending to unless I see a need for it. Cool. Yeah, I sent my list on over to you the other day, so we'll see where that shakes out, trying out some new stuff. So. Yep, I've got 38 lists in, and all but one of them, Mark Cox, sent it to the right email address. Huh. <laughs> Right. Who's, who sent it to Bailey? No, Mark I, sent, I it sent it to, to Ryan's, Ryan's private address. one. Did you really? <laughs> I sent it to Ryan's private email. I don't know what the fucking Alamo email is. Yeah, the, the picture you attached isn't going to win you any favors either. The what? The picture you attached. The dick. I'm sure it was a dick. Yeah, there was I, a dick. I didn't send enough dick pictures. <laughs> well, I just, I know yours isn't that big, so, nor is it that color. Enhance. <laughs> Enhance. <laughs> Enhance. Enhance. <laughs> uh, well, I think we'll call this one short for the evening since it's pretty late. But um, did you decide what you want to do um, for the matchups, Ryan? Did, did we just want to do it on the podcast where you want to do a Google Hangout just so we can pump that ahead of time? We can do a Google Hangout. I think that's a lot more fun. You can watch us get drunk or pass out as we're talking. Shake okay. our heads disparagingly when people are talking. Are we going to do that like two weeks before? Or uh, you probably thinking? the we weekend before if we can get all the lists turned in. The weekend before. I'm trying to think what that is. Uh, the weekend before Halloween? It's, like, it's the weekend like right going into Halloween, right? Cause yeah, Halloween's on like a Monday or something. Yeah. Okay. 28th, 29th. It might be a little tough, but I bet I can make it work. Or we can do it the Monday up, which is Halloween, so we can't. No. Yeah, that's not going to work. Halloween's mm. not going to work. <laughs> so if you're planning to drop Alamo, please do it soon so you don't mess up my matchups. Right. Fucking kill you. I mean, I do have box cutters and knives and sharp stabby things. Right. I'm sleep-deprived and grumpy. Yeah. 
stabby things. Uh, and I guess uh, if anybody's looking to enter Ryan's painting contest for Alamo, uh, I think I would bring that up now in case in case they wanted to paint something and have that just for your painting contest. Sure. Uh, if people haven't bothered reading the emails or the website, we're doing a paint contest. It's going to be uh, a unit, a single character model, and a single monster model. And winners will get trophies and maybe prizes and swag and stuff, and it's a lot of fun. Um, if you think your army is going to win stuff, bring stuff that's not from your army. Um, otherwise, I go, well, your army won an award, so you don't get anything. No candy, good day. Right? Good day, sir. Um, <laughs> and a reminder, just in case you don't pay attention to the email, you will need to bring a giant. The Alamo giant has become a tradition. I am loath to part with it. Jump up and down. I decided that mine's going to be a knucker. How about that? Mother knucker. It doesn't have to be an actual giant. It just has to be something that looks big. Yeah, 55. 50-50 and then big. Or bigger base. You can yeah. go 75 if you want. Cool. I'm actually pretty excited about seeing what the scenarios are going to be and stuff because I have not been a part of any of the primers, so it should be fun. It's been fun. If people, if I get all the lists in way ahead of time, I may release the scenarios. Um, nah, I, I don't do I that. I just be lazy. I know Mark hates doing that early. Um, I don't like having the scenarios out there before the tournament. Too I'm people trying to be fucking clever. Deprived, so I don't make good decisions. <laughs> well, I think we'll call it for this evening, and then uh, we'll try and hit one more up before we hit the Google Hangouts for matchups. So that sounds works for good. Everyone. Sounds cool. awesome. All right, guys. See ya. Quick night. And you can continue following us on Twitter at humblejeff13 for Jeff, at beerwog for Ryan, or my blog at thebeerwog.blogspot.com, at Cap AMR05 for Mark at the beer phase, all one word for the entire podcast. Or if you have to contact us by email, you know, if you want to say something for a long period of time, you can contact us at the beer phase at gmail.com. That's the beer phase, all one word at gmail.com. Too kind. 
you been? Thunderstruck.